This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Jouar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Jouar, and today is Wednesday, January 16th, 2019, and my guest is no other than David Immel of Android Authority. Hi, David. How are you? Hello. I'm great. I am done with CES and I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, right. So I'm, I hate to bring that up because, you know, you're done with CES, but we're actually going to do a show that kind of recaps a little bit of CES. All right, um, all right. I don't want to spend the whole show on that, though. There's some yeah. cool phones rumored that I kind of want to touch on. And I know that you couldn't make the show that we did as a group last week at, yeah. in Vegas. So I figured, hey, let's get David on this week and we can kind of get his thoughts on all the cs stuff so in give me a kind of one sentence you know kind of like what's your thoughts on cs this year um so there were no there was like no phones there There there's like two or three phones that were announced at ces so it's like i think every year we've gotten to the point where it's like less and less of a phone show and everyone's kind of shifting to mwc and it makes sense because MWC is in less than a month. <laughs> um, right. But I mean, beyond phones, like I'm not necessarily looking for phone stuff. Like, and there's yeah. some stuff to talk about. You know, there's a few phones like the Cat uh, S48C that you did a hands-on. There's there's the uh, the Honor yeah. U20, which is not new, but we finally all got to see in person, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But I'm thinking like as a global thing, regardless of whether it's mobile or not, like what is your thing about CS? What was you your know, feeling about what's, it? What's interesting is like every year there seems to be a very clear theme at CES, right? And this year, I didn't really see one, which was strange. Um, I read an interesting metric that said that there were 20% less Chinese companies this year than usual. Um, and that makes me think that there's there's going to be like a little bit less innovation, a little bit less stuff that makes us literally say like, wow, you know? Um, and I felt that. I felt that really strongly. It just kind of felt like there were a lot of companies that were, you know, playing their safe game. Um, there was some rollable OLED stuff, which was cool. I think we saw a lot of that. But overall, I think it felt less innovative than every other CES that I've attended. So, Yeah, I, I kind of feel that uh, I feel that I feel it was a bit of a sleeper CS in the sense of like sleepy, not sleeper, sleepy CS. Yeah. Like a little slow and a little, mm, I don't know. I wasn't too keen on it this year. Yeah, me neither. That's it just strange. didn't strike a big, exciting little you know, string in me. Yeah. But that being said, there was some stuff. And for me, the general vibe was it was a bit slow. But, and, and there really wasn't that much innovation per se, but more like iteration this year. I felt like yeah. a lot of it was like, yeah, this is, this is normal evolution. And, and that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Um, sure. I do find it funny that a lot of publications chose the impossible burger to version 2.0. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I think like, that shows, that shows yeah. how there was really not that much exciting stuff this year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. I mean, that to me kind of like, summarizes CS really well this year. It's like yeah. we were kind of clutching at straws to find something. And then this came along and we're like, oh, ha, burgers. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe funny. we were all hungry from eating the same crappy food all week. Yeah. I don't know. Probably. I mean, probably. I don't, it's not crappy. I guess we get fed for free by a lot of places. We no. shouldn't be complaining. We're such ungrateful bastards. <laughs> I know, right? But. So... 
Um, but yeah, I feel like you're right. I feel it was a bit of a sleepy, not sleeper, but sleepy. Yeah. Yes. I feel like we could have, we could have gotten more, but yeah. that, that being said, um, what are the things that were innovative or maybe not innovative, but iterative, I meant that really uh-huh. kind of struck a chord with you? Um, well, I think a lot of people were talking about that LG rollable OLED and like last year we saw it in concept. And this year we actually saw like the final retail product version, which was pretty cool. So it was, it was nice seeing that actually come to fruition and like realize that like there are a lot of concepts at CS that actually do get made into products. It's not just all random concepts that aren't going to actually turn out to be something, you know, um, we saw a lot of interesting laptops actually. This seemed like (laughs) it felt kind of like Computex. There were so many laptops. Uh, And that actually got me pretty happy to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting, and and I like I always like seeing what um, ASUS is doing with with their stuff. Interestingly, Razer didn't really bring their normal CES A game. Uh, in my opinion, they they usually do some crazy concept, which is really cool. Like last year, they had the you could put the Razer phone into like a laptop thing. Yeah, right, it. exactly. That yeah. was amazing, and I was really hoping they would. And every year they do something really cool. The year before, they had the the three screen laptop. Uh, but this year it was just kind of like an extension of their product stack and technically the stuff that they showed off was um, prototype, but all of it I think is actually going to come to market is what they said. Whereas like usually their stuff does not come to market. Um, so that was, that was weird, but yeah. Yeah. The thing that I liked about the Razer booth was the Nanoleaf. Um, yeah. Lamps, integration. Lights, whatever integration nice. with the... Uh, the chroma stuff mm-hmm. i i mean you know i'm not into the whole like have your entire room beat to the uh rhythm of <laughs> your lighting for your yeah. game setup it's not my right, thing right. but i get it some people are really into it and i respect that i'm just saying like that got me a little more excited i was like oh that yeah of course you do that integration with hue and and nanoleaf and yeah. stuff um but it wasn't exactly also, as Alexa. exciting Right. Well, of course, but it wasn't so exciting yeah. to me as like, you know, you know, the Razer phone and the laptop dock thing. Right. I thought that was really cool because it's yeah. also kind of the perfect size for a trackpad, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, look, I think the, the, you know, the thing about Razer and, and I want to say as an aside, I did finally get a Razer 2 review unit at the end of the year and I took it to CS as one of my main phones. And I quickly learned that the camera is quite a mess. Like, Mm. More so than say a phone like the uh, Republic of Gamer, um, the RG you know, phone. phone, yeah, yeah, RG phone. Uh, I, the RG phone, I was kind of going into it expecting the camera to be very meh based on previous ASUS phones, but yeah, but it, you know, it's it it it's not awesome, but it holds its own. It's like you know, kind of low end flag, flagship worthy camera on the on the RG phone, but yeah. I feel that the Razer phone's camera is just like it's worse than the Moto G6 at this point, and the mm. Moto G6 is actually half decent, you know, for yeah, the yeah. price. So I'm just like, but it turns out, and and the reason I'm bringing this up is because we're talking about Razer, but it turns out that there is, of course, XDA forum, you know, always rescues us of all the evils of the world. Um, when it comes to uh, fixing uh, camera apps, there is a Pixel port. Um, of the camera as per, app. as per usual yep <laughs> as per usual and i installed it and magic happened after that i'm not saying it's good i mean it's much better basically it's like at the point now where i can say okay it's flagship worthy kind of low-end flagship worthy it can run with the rog phone now you know and so if you have a razor 2 phone please 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 do yourself a favor go find those um 
APKs the GCAM for, port, yeah. And because I will post an inst like not an Instagram, but I'll post on Twitter and Facebook a comparison of three photos, basically one taken with the razor cam in low light, one taken with the the exact same photo taken with the pixel cam in low light, and then taken with the pixel cam in night sight. And on the same hardware, right? The the razor to hardware. And you'll see it's night and day. Like it's clearly a software issue. Um the biggest complaints I have is basically that the camera has poor detail in good in daylight and completely falls apart in low light. Yeah. And the pixel camera certainly fixed that a lot. Like it does improve it in both areas significantly. So I'm not I'm not quite sure what like how Razor can still like ship that camera up. Like seriously, like I know. How can you not fix that? It's just well, weird and to me. I know when they when they released the Razer Phone One, they when they released it, they basically had not changed anything from the stock Sony sensor. They didn't really do any tweaking, and so it was like kind of an overtime type thing. Um, right. And the Razer Phone One got a lot better over time, but I think it's still, in comparison to like what most other companies have done over the last few years, like they need a lot of work. I, you can still tell that they're new to the the smartphone game, right? Like the Razer Phone 2 was obviously quite an evolution in terms of like hardware and features, but I, it takes a long time for a company to get good at imaging. <laughs> they're, I mean, um, I'll... Yeah. Go on. Well, Razer is not a camera company, right? Like, yeah, but they, it's it's unacceptable. You make a flagship phone today yeah. that costs oh, that absolutely. much money. You cannot get away with not having a good camera. No, I guess I no, don't no. care what the purpose of the phone is. Like, right? No, yeah, totally. I'm not. I'm not making that uh, statement. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, it's interesting that they're not seeing that somehow. Yeah, yeah. They should. They should have brought in like specific camera engineers for this type of thing, and maybe they did. But I think, yeah, they need to work. They need to work on it for sure. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, aside from that, you know, I know we're doing a tangent on the Razer phone too, and that's yeah. <laughs> fine because that's what this podcast is all about. Um, I didn't really discuss my experience with the Razer too much until now because I just got a review in it. I mean, it came up in the podcast many times, but I, I have to say that, look, I like it as a phone overall. Like, I feel like it is a nice phone, uh, but I don't, it doesn't like strike a chord with me. It's, it's like, first of all, I can't deal with the aspect ratio and the size of the screen. Uh, versus yeah. the size of the shape, it's, the shape of it's the re- device. It's real right? big. <laughs> it's yeah. real big. It's real. I mean, I actually like the boxy design, but I feel like it's the fact that it has so much bezel, um, especially because of the front firing speakers. And frankly, they sound good. But, you know, I had never really experienced the Razer speakers before on the phone or phone uh-huh. two. And everybody had gone on and on about how it's the best audio on. F- I'm sorry. I don't, I don't agree. I, I don't it's think just, it's that great. It's just loud. It's loud. But it yeah. actually kills the bass very quickly when mm. you go raise the volume to preserve the speakers in a dynamic way, which is totally what modern um, amplifiers do. But to me, it just doesn't sound that great. I mean, it, it's definitely one of the better sounding ones on the market. But frankly, the Mate 20 Pro sounds just as good, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, uh, the Poco phone surprisingly sounds great as well for its money. Uh, I can think of a few other phones that I have floating around that I could put like honestly, I think the ROG phone, Republic of Gamers, did a really good job on on the audio on hmm. that phone. It's surprisingly good, um, and it you know it doesn't get as loud as the Razer, but I feel like it keeps a full spectrum at a higher volume level better. Um, and I think that's the problem. People look purely at loudness, but you know if everything's dynamically compressed to the point where it's just like one steady stream of loudness, 
the audio suffers from it, even if it's still clear. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, I, right. Maybe I'm hearing things differently because I'm a bit of an audiophile and a snob, but like, look, all I'm saying is, yes, it's got good audio from the speakers, but the biggest, the biggest quirk is it doesn't have a headphone jack. And for a gaming phone, that's a major omission. Yeah, I, I agree. You know? Yeah. I mean, are you going to be blasting the speakers on a bus on the way home? Well, right. you know, playing like your favorite video game on a phone. No, you're going to have the, headphones on. The accessory, like there were, there was supposed to be a lot more gaming accessories for it. And we still haven't seen anything. For so, sure. Kind of like the, uh, the red our, phone and its yeah, camera yeah, accessories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of a, a letdown. So I think it but could have been amazing time, with a lot of accessories. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I know a lot of people use wireless headphones. There's some good wireless gaming headphones today that, you know, maybe does Razer make a wireless set that? Has Chroma and glows in sync with your phone yet? Yes. Uh, well, it, it's for. And they make PC, a wired one. I I'm, know the USB C one, but they make Bluetooth ones, so I think it could it could work with your phone. There you yeah. Go. But then you have to worry about latency and video games that really matters. Blah 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 blah. So that's why I'm just yeah. surprised. And I know. Look, I, and I, I want to say that the Razer Two headphone dongle that comes in the box is the best sounding one I've ever used. Yeah. So yeah. it's really great. And so, you know, at least they did that right. But look, I love the design of the phone. I like the boxiness. I like the glass back. I like the Chroma logo. I like a lot of things about it. But what I don't like is the aspect ratio and size of the screen. The fact, mostly the fact that it has so much bezel and makes the phone so big and bulky. And it it is definitely unique. And I think in that sense, it it totally hits hits the spot. I don't like the fingerprint reader on the side. It's also a power button. It's awkward. You know, I don't. Yeah, I mean, like... I have to admit, I haven't used it as a daily driver, and I haven't actually. I didn't do the review for it. Um, I just did the hands-on, but I, I would like to get some more time with it at some point. Um, and you know, the the other thing too is that I feel like the, uh, you know, the the screen. Everybody went on about the screen, and it's a beautiful screen, but it doesn't stand out to me. It's like, yes, I see the one twenty hertz, and that's definitely a huge deal. But honestly, it doesn't feel that much different than the 90 hertz on the ROG phone to me. Mm. And the ROG is an OLED and just looks so much better. Interesting. Um, and I don't feel the Razer phone gets bright enough, even though I know they've made it much brighter in the second gen. Yeah. Uh, I use it outdoors in the sun in Vegas and it was just like hard to read. And huh. all of this combined, it's like, honestly, at that price, I'm not saying I would buy our ROG phone. That's not where I'm going with this, right? I want to make sure that I'm only comparing to the ROG phone because it's the other big gamer phone out there. The Razer is 700, um, right? Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, why buy? Why not buy a Pixel 3 XL or why not buy, like, a, a OnePlus 6T um, yeah. or a Poco phone um, if you want a gaming phone? Because, honestly, do you need a gaming phone to play games? No. <laughs> you don't gaming phones and, and are more I hate about to aesthetics say this because you know look razor i like them a lot they make some really great laptops i like that their design is so intricate and and you know they make an effort there that's what you pay for i get that but i'm just saying like for a phone it's much harder to justify it like you know you can on a laptop you can say you know we're using separate cooling for the cpu and gpu you using the latest nvidia whatever right and we're making it thin and light, and and as we know, it's a, the Razer laptops are favorites of creators because they're great for video editing and stuff. So there's lots yeah. of other perks in buying a Razer laptop, but I don't see quite the number of perks here in buying a Razer phone. Yeah, I think gaming phones in general are just not; they don't add much to the experience, you know. So like, like I mean, the, the one the one twenty does, but other than that, yeah. What I'm trying to say, I guess, is that. 
I wish that at the core, this was a really good flagship phone to start with. Uh-huh. And then that we'd have added the kind of gaming component with a 120 hertz screen or even just a 90 hertz OLED and with, you know, the good front firing speakers and with that boxy shape and the, the chroma logo in the back and then charge the premium for that. But that the core of it was still a good daily driver flagship. Yeah. And I feel that as a daily driver flagship, this thing, you know, doesn't even meet up to the my level expectations compared to say a Pocophone F1, mm. which is a $300 phone, I might remind you. Right, right, definitely. So that's kind of where it's tough for me about it. But hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I don't want you, you know, you not being David, but you, the audience, to hey, think that I'm hating here. I'm not, I really want to like the Razer phone too. I just feel like it's hard to, especially like if the camera at least hit the spot, I'd be like, okay, fine. I can deal with the lack of headphone jack and I can deal with the weird aspect ratio and the large bezels because it is a delightful IPS panel for sure. Um, but mm, then I have this camera issue and I'm just like, I know maybe for some people it doesn't matter. I hear so many people like, you know what's interesting? I've heard people tell me that they, you know, this came up in CS, my CS Instagram feed where I posted photos of all, almost all cool laptops. And I want to talk about laptops because you said it was a laptop hey show. So yeah, yeah. talk about that. But like I posted phones and I, you know, I mentioned, for example, the XPS 13 had the camera in the right place now on top, right? Yep. The new XPS 13. And people are like, nobody uses their camera on their laptop. Who cares? And I'm like, <laughs> seriously, who are you? Like I use the camera on my laptop at least several times a week because I'm on the go a lot and I do a lot of Skype calls for clients, for, mm. you know, podcasts, for whatever. And I need, I need a camera. It doesn't have to be great. It's just mostly for communication, not for like recording like my greatest epic YouTube video, but like, you know, what's interesting you know, is um, I have pretty much completely replaced my laptop with my phone for conference. A lot calls. of that stuff. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. But then, then you need a good front camera on the phone. And to me, you know, so like going back to the Razer too, it's like, you need, I, I feel like you need well, a good rear camera you don't on need phone, a no matter if you're one. a gamer or not. You know? I, I mean, for like conference calls and stuff, like people don't really no. care. So as long as it works, you know, I'm never like that. I'm, I don't really care that much how, what the quality of the other person's smartphone camera is during a conference call. No, but um, what I'm trying to say is that in the same way as I think it's kind of inconceivable for me to get a laptop without a camera, yeah, it's also inconceivable for me to get a flagship phone without a good rear camera. Right, right. And, and I think some people, I guess what I'm trying to say is that in the same way as some people are telling me, I don't really care about the, the webcam on my laptop, there are actually a lot of people who are going to say, I don't really care about the rear camera on my flagship phone. And for those people, the Razer 2 is the phone. Yeah, you know that's true. I mean, if you're a gamer and you don't care about taking photos at all with your phone, seriously, get it, and if you, and you'll be saved by the Pixel app. So yeah. install that. True, true. Anyway, so let's go to laptops. So, what were the laptops that stood out for you? Um, so the ROG Mothership, I think, was the one oh my that God, stood yeah. out to pretty much everyone. That one was amazing. Uh, I think. The Verge called it the Surface Pro of of uh, gaming laptops. That's what laptops. I said too. I was like, actually, I, I think I read it on the podcast before. I'm going to read it again because I think it's like I had a little key of genius there when I, I typed this. I called it, hang on, I'm bringing it up. I called it, one day a Surface and gaming laptop got frisky and out <laughs> came the Asus Rock Mothership 2-in-1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mobile gaming workstation thingy. I couldn't, I didn't know what to call it. I called it a thingy. <laughs> I uh, wish, I wish it was a little cool. bit thinner, but I freaking love the concept. It's, it's so, so heavy though. Like it's 10, 10 pounds. pounds. Yeah. Holy crap. 
It's it so felt cool, like 20 though. pounds to me, but yeah, yeah. It's so cool though. I just, I love that you can like literally take the keyboard off and use it separately and then just put the monitor wherever you want. It's upgradable. It just feels like a portable workstation to me. Oh yeah, totally. You know, which, and it has the specs to match, which I just is really wanted, solid. I would love if it had a handle on the top so you could carry it like a briefcase. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like my, Mac, computers my MacBook G4. My MacBook G4 uh, clamshell that I had way back in the day had the built-in handle, and I freaking loved that. <laughs> That's <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was the iBook G3, actually, because I don't know if the G4 Mac... Well, the, first of all, there was never called MacBook's PowerBooks, right, then, it was, I think. But, yeah, yeah. But I think the iBook G3 definitely had the, Maybe it was the translucent the G3. one, right? Yeah, it was the translucent yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that never came with a G4. That was G3. Um, oh, yeah, right. you're right. I mean, there was something to be said. And remember in the 80s, those suitcase computers that had a handle? Yeah. Like, they literally looked like a small brief, uh, like between a briefcase and like a, a suitcase inside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a CRT and everything. Uh, like the Key Pro and there was a, what was the Osborne was the one that uh, that kind of is well known for the Osborne effect where they announced the next phone Sorry, the next computer right after launching the first one and <laughs> nobody bought the first one to try to wait for the second one and yeah. then they went out of business not being able to make the second one. Uh, it's actually <laughs> funny, yeah. Uh, but look, I think uh, for me, uh, definitely the motherboard. Uh, mothership, I mean. Mothership, mothership from uh, Republic of Gamers, ROG. A lot, of, a lot of people are making a lot of noise about the Alienware M51. I didn't see it. It, it looked good. Um, you know, what was interesting to me is like a lot of people were talking about it a lot and saying it looks way better than previous Alienware laptops. I don't think it looks significantly better. I think it looks good, but it wasn't like incredible. But the nice thing is that like pretty much everything in that laptop is upgradable. So it's just a yeah. desktop that you can carry around, <laughs> which is cool. Does it even um, have a battery? Yeah, but it uses two... <laughs> Uh, I think just like the, I know the mothership uses two um, chargers. You have to use two chargers to power it, <laughs> which Jesus. is crazy. Yes, with two bricks. And I think that, I think the other one might too. I actually don't know. Um, but yeah, it's a big battery and it's got a lot of things. It's got Toby eye tracking. Um, just, it's pretty much just completely spec'd out, like the best of the best in, of any laptop components that you could put Until in next month. Until next month, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when NVIDIA launches their new whatever GPU. The 2080 um, in, in yeah. laptops, yeah. Um, it has a 2080, so, I think. Some of the laptops there had 2080s. Oh, yeah, some of them have 2080s. Like, I think the Mothership had a full-on 2080. Yeah. Uh, like, not the reduced one. So, well, I don't know what that means. Well, after, when was it? Oh, yeah, not the, right, right, right. Because NVIDIA started putting regular regular chips in their um laptops now but they also have the low power versions so, right yeah right but uh um yeah and then there was the new xps 13 like you talked about yeah so which, question for you there's there's kind of several candidates here that i want yeah. to throw at you and kind of see where which one sticks so xps 13 versus lenovo yoga s940 versus asus zenbook s versus uh, Huawei MateBook 13. Um, let me see. The S940 I'm looking right now. I've never been so a huge fan of Lenovo's laptops. 
Um, okay. This this one look does look pretty good though. It's super. The things about is as cool is it's super thin. Yeah. It does have a very small bezel and it has that reverse notch thing that the Asus ZenBook oh. S has, where you know it's got the like bump that. on the top of the display to put the camera, but it also serves as a way to open the laptop when it's I closed love, easier. I love I the notch. I think it's such a great design it's so idea. So smart. Yeah, yeah. I call it the Audi, you know, the Innie the, versus the Audi. The Audi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So the Audi notch thing, um, it has super thin bezels and up to 4K display off, offers. That up is to 4K, nice. And it's super thin. Like it's so insanely thin. The Not thing as I hate thin about- as the Acer, but. Yeah, yeah. The thing I just don't really like about Lenovo laptops is that they always stuff in so much blowware. It's like unreal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then often they'll stop working um pretty quickly <laughs> at least that's been my experience with lenovo laptops in the past but uh yeah anyway so uh, what about the xps then the xp i like 13 i really like that they fixed the camera issue finally oh yeah. man i think that's awesome and i like the 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 white looks really great um i would have liked to test the keyboard a little more because like that was something that i was never super happy with on my xps 15 i used to have uh, but I think a lot of people like the 13, and this one actually, if I remember correctly, has uh, NVIDIA MX150 dedicated graphics, right? Yeah, it's discrete graphics, Which yeah. is a big deal. Like, that that's not the strongest, like, GPU. I used it in my Surface Book 1, uh, and it was okay. It could play, like, things like Overwatch at, like, low settings. Um, but it, for for a laptop that small and thin, I think it's, I think it's a pretty big deal. It's going to be a lot more powerful than, like, you know, the, the MacBook 13, which runs on a super low power Y processor and, you know, has no discrete graphics pretty much. Um, yeah, yeah. So for I think sure. for people for people that want something that portable and then the MateBook 13, obviously, which also has the MX150, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the MateBook 13, though, is cool. Like, I, I think everyone's loved the MateBooks since they came out, especially when the Pro came out last year. Yeah, It was like sure. a huge deal. Um. And I like that we're getting something a little smaller now because like personally, I would like a smaller laptop because <laughs> um, I have three laptops. I have the Razer Blade 15, the Surface Book 2, and then the bigger one, the 15 inch. And then I have a Chromebook, a uh, Pixelbook. But I, I have a tablet compartment in my backpack and I think a 13 inch could fit in there if I had something that small. So well, there you go. Yeah, you definitely need yourself a slightly smaller device. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, the Chromebook doesn't even fit in there. So <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting. Apparently, I have. Um, I, I think I should be getting one at some point soon. The MateBook 13. So I'll keep everyone posted. I'm not sure about the XPS 13. I, I might request one. I'm not sure. They're just pumping them out so often. I don't have time to like spend time with them. Yeah, I still have a, an older one here. And then Lenovo. Um, yeah, I mean, I currently have uh, the Snapdragon one, the Snapdragon 850 um, uh, Lenovo Yoga C630. Honestly, now that uh, Firefox launched their optimized for ARM yeah. Yeah. on Windows 10 version of uh, their browser, I actually finally have a native, like other than Edge, I finally have a native browser that I can use. Yeah. And it's fast. It's fast. It's really? good. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel any different than using a full-on Intel i5 anymore at that point. But emulated, you know, Firefox emulated, Chrome emulated, ugh, it was a pain. Chrome yeah. is supposedly coming out as a ARM64 for Windows 10 version soon as well. So I'll let you know when that happens. But right now, pretty solid. Um, 
I mean, the battery life is what's amazing. And LTE built in anytime you want. You just connect. You don't have to even think of Wi-Fi anymore, you know? Yeah, right. That's amazing. I, I wish that more laptops had that. <laughs> I'd probably pay $10 a month for some data. Yeah. So. Or I could put a so that's in that's been solid. So obviously, I don't know what that Lenovo S uh, Yoga S nine forty would be like. But yeah. here's what I want to you know put into perspective for folks: like the ZenBook S, the new one that also has that that uh, reverse notched Audi thing. I've always loved in the fact, ZenBooks. Actually, in fact, it was the first that was announced with that. Yeah. That that laptop is also really sexy. And uh-huh. the only drawback with that laptop that I can see is that it's only a 1080p panel. It's the world's mm. thinnest bezels of all laptops ever made. It's it's, But it's only a 1080p panel and it's not a touch panel. That is annoying. I so love that. So that is going to be a problem. I mean, I wish I had gone to 1440. Look, I don't want 4K necessarily on my laptop. Yeah. It's nice to have, but 2K at least, you know? You know, what I like, 1440. you know what I like about that laptop too is that it it's it uses the design where it props the keyboard up. Correct. And yeah. it also because that serves two functions, right? It makes it an angled keyboard. Ergo which hinge. I like. And then also it That's gives it better airflow for yeah. the for the fans. It's awesome. And I, I've always liked the Zen books actually. I think they've always been really good laptops. They're pretty cheap. And yeah, now that this they has look like really hot. the special camera too. And it's got the um the touchpad that you can put the numpad. Yeah, you're right about the Zen books. I've always liked them too. My my thing about them though, in general, ever since they did the ergo hinge thing, is I feel that the keyboard X is a little too flexible now mm, because mm-hmm. it doesn't rest on something. So you can it's a little bouncier than I like to be. But I can see that. Yeah, that's a minor thing, honestly. Like they're they're pretty hot laptops. But it's funny you brought up the numpad because the Studio Book is uh, sorry the yeah Studio Book S. And the yeah. Studio Book line is a new line that ASUS introduced at CS, and that thin, that 17-inch laptop is a powerhouse. It's got a Z on it. Especially how thin it is. Yeah, I remember seeing. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, in a quadro, and, right? Wow. I know exactly. Is it a Xeon so and a for, quadro? If you're a I YouTube editor, I think this that. is this is if you're Premiere, this is the laptop for editing. Like yeah. honestly, yeah, this thing's gonna slay. I kind of want that now because like I don't really play games that much anymore. And that well, would, you should hit up Randall and get a review unit. That's true. That's true. Not a it's bad idea. Time. I mean, I don't think it's out yet. The ZenBook S is, I think, just about to come out, but the StudioBook S hasn't come out yet. And speaking yeah. of seventeen inch, the other thing I didn't see it in person, but I well, actually, I did see it. No, I did see it, but I didn't t- like see it more than a few seconds. Like picked it up, and that was it. Was yeah. the uh, LG Gram seventeen? Oh yeah. I don't yeah. know what the specs on that thing are. I'm sure it's not even remotely as high spec as that uh, StudioBook. But I like the fact that that thing was so light for a seventeen inch. Yeah, a crazy light seventeen inch is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Sure. Um, other laptops, let me think. I think we went through all of the ones that mattered. There was also some new gaming laptops from pretty much everyone. I didn't focus on those because they're not really my thing. I did like the Mothership because even though it's kind of like a gaming laptop, it's all such a weird form factor that's so different and so, in, you know, such a great idea to adapt the form, the Surface form factor to a gaming laptop Oh yeah, that you can lug around from LAN party to LAN party as it were. <laughs> Right. Um, do kids still do that? I don't know. I'm too old um, to know these things. I, I did that in like high school and stuff, but I yeah, actually I thought that was passe. I, I used to lug around like my desktop with a with a monitor and everything to my friends' houses like every weekend. So <laughs> wow, but, did it survive? Oh yeah, because I, I built it oh, in good. like the smallest chassis that possible. It's the the N case M1. So. Very small chassis. Oh, that's good. So, and plus you built it so you can maintain it. You can sc- oh, yeah. uh, tighten all the screws every week just in case it starts falling apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. 
Cool. Um, okay, so we talk about laptops. Uh, let's let's actually jump into phones. There is a few phones that I felt were announced, and I and I want to talk about the cat phones in a bit. But let's start with the, I think to me the phone of the show for CS two thousand nineteen, which was the Honor View twenty. So yeah, the, the weird thing for me um, about the View twenty is that. I went to China three weeks ago or four yeah, months ago. Yeah, you saw ago. it. So for you, it yeah, wasn't so you. That's the thing is every other publication gave the View 20 best of CES. And if I hadn't seen it already, then it probably would have been. But I already did a full hands-on with it. So for me, it wasn't new. And so I didn't really consider it a CES product. Um, yeah, no, it's hard to consider CES product. But at the same time, you know, it was a China-only phone until... The global version was announced at CES, and so yeah, but the launch such, isn't even until like later this month and next week. Yeah, it's in Paris on the twentieth. But that's my point. We got basically a preview of it with global software at yeah, CES, and that sense it's kind it. of a new phone. Yeah, right? yeah. So I'm excited you're for right, that. Phone. There wasn't really anything new, new other than maybe that cat phone we're going to talk about, but um. There was, we, again, there was a lot of phones that had been announced before that we could have seen before if we were at the launch events like you were um, for the, you know, for the Honor 20, uh, View 20. But I think a lot of them that a lot of us that don't, didn't get invited to the Chinese launches got to see like the Nubia X. I finally got to see the Nubia X, uh-huh. which is the two, the dual screen phone, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, f- Front screen is full screen and then the back and with no front facing camera. And then the back is basically a smaller OLED screen, uh, 5.1 inches. And then it's got a rear, the rear cameras there. So that if you want to take a selfie, you just flip the phone over and there you go. And you can run two apps at the same time, front and back. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so again, that phone was launched like what? October, November, sometimes Maybe around X, October. It was October. October, yeah. Phone apocalypse, right? So the point is though that some of you... Uh, some of us, I mean, media went to China to see the launch. I don't know if you did, but I didn't. So not the Nubia X. Seeing, no, I didn't. Seeing it in person at the booth was great. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, there was. Oh, there was the Royal Flex Pi. Oh, the Flex Pi. Yeah, we did. So we again did that. launched in October. Right, we did but, that in October as well. <laughs> but so. I finally got to touch one. Yeah. So I was like, okay, wow. It's actually a much more rugged feeling and much more sorted out than I thought. Mm. And also a lot of that kind of weird um, unevenness of the plastic screen that we saw in the October photos and videos was kind of gone at CS. It was much more smooth. Yeah. The plastic top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. It was definitely a little bit more refined here. Yeah, so I feel like they are definitely working on it, and it's an interesting concept. I'm I'm not sure it's my thing, but I, you know, experimentation is really awesome, no matter what, right? Yeah. And then I got to see my Moto One for the first time. Remember that phone? Oh yeah, I saw that you posted about that. <laughs> <laughs> Announced in the summer for the Chinese market, launched in the U.S. in the fall with no review units in sight. Nobody's reviewed that phone. I don't think Moto is giving out review units. I don't know why. Maybe they're afraid. Maybe they don't want us to taste the lovely goodness that is Android One. But this is an Android One phone that costs three ninety nine. It's mid range. It looks hot, and I don't know why we can't get a review unit. Moto, if you're listening, don't don't starve us. This is this is yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else was there. Oh, um, Alcatel. 
Yeah. Did you play with the One I did. X? I because did. honestly, I was kind of blown away. I was like, 130 bucks for this? That's yeah. really not so bad at all. This this is actually the phone that we gave our best of CES to. Um, specifically just because like of the value you're getting for the price, you know? Yeah. Like for $130, I mean, it it's pretty good. didn't feel like junk. I mean, look, Alcatel phones have been a bit of a hit and miss for me, right? Like some of them have felt kind of meh. Some of them have felt okay, but they've never been really wowed me. I mean, of course, other than the BlackBerry phones that uh -huh. is also made by GCL. But like, I felt like this one, like I was like, oh, I mean, remember, so last year's Alcatel One X was an Android Go phone. It kind of sucked. It had a really crappy screen. And as you know, TCL, the parent company, makes TVs. So you'd expect the screen to be half decent, but that wasn't the case at all. So my point is that this One X comes out this year and honestly, 18.9 display, small bezels, it's plastic, okay. But, but it's a nice XRI, plastic design. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't feel like junk. And, you know, I'm sure the camera is going to be mad, but 130 bucks, okay? 130 bucks for yeah. a total like Android Pie, no Android Go phone. Not bad, not bad at all. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it was good. Anything else in the phone realm? There was the Nubia Red Magic. Oh, or yeah. Something like the that. Red Magic, uh, the Red Magic Mars. That's yeah. what it's called. Yeah. Which has like triggers on the sides. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much like the ROG phone with the ultrasonic triggers, right? And for the price, holy crap. $399. And it has an, for 845. Yeah. 845. Uh, single camera in the back, who, you know, that's going to be a big question mark as to how good that camera is. But see, unlike the Razer, it costs $750 or whatever, a Razer 2, I can live with a mediocre camera on a 399 Snapdragon 845 phone. Um, in fact, I said that about the Pocophone F1, but then the Pocophone F1 camera actually surprised me at how decent it was it, it, with the built-in stock software. So then I put the Pixel camera on the Pocophone F1, and again, it became better. So here's what's good about this Mars phone, is if the camera that stock sucks in terms of software, I'm sure the hardware is okay. We can add the Pixel camera to it and call it a day. Yep, pretty much. Just port it. <laughs> so what do you think of that phone? The the Red Magic? Yeah, the design, the overall look and feel, like everything. I didn't get to play with it, which is sad. Um, Lon did the hands-on. But from what I saw on the internet, it looked pretty cool. And for the price point, I would love to try it out. I mean, it's coming to the US like soon, like in a few days. Yeah. Yeah, so, so hopefully I'll be, I'll be able to see it at that point. Also, when I talked to the folks at Nubia, they said that they're not going to launch the Nubia X in the US, at least this version of it, but they're looking at potentially launching one next year. Oh, that'd be sweet. Like a follow-up of this design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, take this for a grain of salt, right? Like this was, this was not an off-the-record conversation. I don't think I'm breaking any secrets, but hey, I want to see more variety of Chinese phones in the US. And if Nubia wants to come play, I mean, aren't they related to ZTE in some way? Um, That's a good question. I, I always thought ZTE and Nubia were like somehow friends. Kind I don't of know. like a sub-brand of ZTE. That, that is a good question. Um, you know what's interesting? I, I really like the design though. I think that like, like uh, Vivo did the dual display phone and like one of the, one of the things that, they said you could do with it was like tap on the on the back screen to use as a trigger but that always oh. felt kind of, that always felt kind of weird for me because like you have to tap with like your ring fingers um and i actually much prefer tapping with like my pointer fingers on like the top right and top left you know right so, personally 
I think it's a, a better design as long as it works. Um, <laughs> so. so I found an entry. I found an entry in Wikipedia. Subsidiaries. Nubia Technology is fully owned subsidiary of ZTE Corporation. This oh, is on Wikipedia. The company has subsequently disposed of the majority of the equity in the company in 2017 and reduced its stake to 49.9. So it's spawned off of ZTE. There okay. you go. That makes sense. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, so this is cool. You know, um, again, I, it's interesting what you said about less of a Chinese presence this year. I think a lot of it has to do with our current regime and being so antagonistic towards China. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm certainly seeing a reduction in interest as a consultant in Chinese companies coming to the U.S. to launch products. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, like I, I linked to the story by uh, uh, Stephen Sanofsky, who used to work at uh, Microsoft. Uh, and now is kind of an analyst guy. Um, he does a very great summary on Medium every year of his CS experience, and you know looks at in a very kind of like trends, uh, anal- you know, analyzes kind of like where the industry is going. And he felt like there were a lot more Chinese companies, at least on the smaller Chinese companies, exhibiting at CS than usual. Really. So at the same time, while the big players weren't there much, yeah, right, the smaller players are trying to come in. It looks like which I thought was interesting. And I well, suppose it depends on your perspective because everybody's got yeah. a different take on that. I think the smaller players are what's, are what's kind of like shaking things up though. Like that they're really the ones that are making things For interesting because sure. they're, they're more willing to try and more willing to innovate. And like, even, even like random small Chinese companies, uh, we're seeing kind of scare bigger companies into doing more interesting things. Like I feel like the companies that are, comfortable like samsung and like you know uh motorola or like any companies that are big technically big companies are not really doing anything that exciting um and i personally just like love seeing like other companies like especially chinese companies any any chinese company is going to do something more exciting than like a non-chinese company pretty much for sure uh but it's cool seeing like um vivo and oppo and stuff just trying this crazy interesting stuff because i think people in china are are more adept and like willing to try that out right especially with apple like especially with apple like losing a lot of popularity in china now uh, i think people are looking for something new looking for like the next interesting thing that is going to make them actually going to want to go buy it so i would love for i wish that the people in the u.s would feel more comfortable trying new things. <laughs> I think people here are just like too comfortable with what they know and don't really want to try interesting new tech. Right, um, right. But it's cool as a as someone who does try all this Chinese stuff, being able to see like how quickly China is like innovating, you know? Yeah, so. totally. Yeah, no, I, I see that. Um, and we should probably talk about what else was there at CS. TVs. Of course, you talked about the rollable uh, signature R from LG, the rollable. That thing, wow, right? I mean, seriously, I wouldn't be surprised if 10 years from now, that's pretty much par for the course. Oh, yeah. You know, in the high end, at least. Uh, yeah. Even not 10, maybe five years from now. Right, yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like, you know, we saw the prototype last year. It seemed a little clunky, but this year, I just love the idea that you can adjust the aspect ratio and never have any vertical or horizontal. Yeah, I think that's bars. amazing. It's so you cool. You know, I mean, I, I kind of wish it went to one-to-one ratio, like square, so that you could actually do four-by-three ratio for old content. Yeah. Because I think it's it taps out at 16.9 or 16.10. Yeah. Uh, but it does 21 to 9 perfectly if you want that. 
because yeah. it only raises part of the way. And and it even has that mode where it just displays like the weather and what yeah, the audio is I really playing like right that now, too. which I is kind of like I think that's such a cool secondary, yeah. yeah, secondary use. And did you see the audio specs on that thing? It's got Dolby Atmos. Like right. it's a total full-on soundbar. Well, the thing that, that it like sits in is like a giant soundbar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's basically, it's your stereo in your living room. You can replace whatever you have with that little pedestal, put it anywhere. It mm-hmm. looks like nice furniture. I love that you can be having a party or something and not have your TV just, you know, like I know. There. And there it's it is. Crazy. If you want it, just pulls right out. It's kind yeah. of amazing. I love it. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be expensive. Nobody's uh, yeah. talked about pricing, but I expect this thing to be like 10K or something when it comes yeah. out. Definitely. Definitely. But uh, but other things that is really cool is a micro LED TV from Samsung, 75 inch mm. micro LED. Mm. Uh, all the advantages of OLED with none of the drawbacks. Basically, incredible brightness, yep. incredible contrast ratio, incredible color accuracy, and you know the super blackest of blacks and no no wear no wear it just doesn't it doesn't have the amoled wear yep. so it's kind of like oh my god yeah there's a lot of cool display stuff that's like happening right now I, i'm really excited about that industry moving forward yeah and you know royal that company we talked about with a folding phone i mean they're making this folding phone as to show off basically their display tech and yeah they have like all at their booth they had all kinds of cool stuff they had like oh a, yeah a, like a purse a, a, a speaker <laughs> A speaker like a you know Bluetooth speaker that uh-huh. the entire rim of it was a display and you could you have visualizers on it and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's yeah. like circular display that went all the way around. It was really yeah, cool. and like the purse that like shows stuff on the oh, top yeah. too. Yeah, very cool. I know. I mean, I just like that. You know, it's, this is stuff is finally trickling down out of the labs into something that might become a real thing. And yeah, I think in automotive, it's going to make a lot of sense. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, like curved surfaces in cars that display stuff. Oh, yeah. I want that. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was watching an interview with one of the founders of Royal on on, on Engadget's, um, you know, stage. Mm-hmm. They had like the videos from their stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it obviously like after the fact, after like this week, not at CES. And he said that they actually have a contract with Airbus for oh, wow. in, in airplane displays. So, you know, this whole idea of like, you've, you've been in planes that have like the fiber optic uh, s- stars in, in business class. Mm-hmm. Like, um, for example, um, Eva Air in business class on some 777s yep. have the ceiling is all like stars and it glitters. Yeah, and yeah, glitters yeah. And, right, and I love And they use those. LED mood lighting to give you like a sunset as and it kind of creates the impression that you should go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, imagine this whole part of the ceiling being a curved display from Royal, yeah. right? Yeah. And you can now have like actual a screen projection up there of like, you know, the, the whatever is it, like the the aurora borealis or whatever like i mean it'd be really cool yeah so considering how expensive planes are and how in in these higher end uh you know business class and first class cabins they're going all out with expensive tech i wouldn't be surprised if start seeing this rolling out on airplanes yeah i would love to see that yeah and it's also weight savings because it's plastic's not glass yeah it's not heavy rolling out actually rolling out it's oled yeah 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 cool anything else that stood out oh oh yeah i want to talk about a little bit about the all the crazy speakers and assistant stuff i mean google assistant alexa were in everything Uh airplay is in everything and this is it's got me very excited to be honest well there's google assistant connect right that was a big announcement from google this time absolutely so it's it's making it really easy for non um non-assistant enabled stuff to get assistant like 
Sonos made the announcement um, that their old speakers can now get assistant because as long as you have a Google Home Mini or something, it'll basically just issue a software update to that speaker. You tell your Google Home Mini or your phone, like play the Sonos speaker in the living room and there. Yep, just because it's it Wi-Fi connected, it works. And that makes sense, right? Um, I think that's great. So it just makes it really easy for everyone to like really buy into the smart home ecosystem. And it's just super convenient that way. So. Yeah, no, I think uh, I'm totally excited about the the Assistant Connect stuff and that little clock from Lenovo, the smart clock for $79. I know it's still a lot of money for a lot of people because, you know, like clock radio is what, like 10 bucks at Walmart. Uh-huh. But I mean, like, I feel like this is cool. This is really interesting. When you consider how much bigger and more expensive a home hub is, this gives you like 90% of that functionality on your desk side um, or bedside. And it's really tiny. It's very aesthetically pleasing. And it's a full-on home speaker with a display for other things. I mean, it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. I think I think I'm really happy to see this proliferation of integration with assistance, um, and the fact that every device now has a radio of some kind, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, it doesn't matter, GSM, you know, so that it can connect to the network and do something and take voice commands and can respond to them, and you know, it's just making kind of like the Star Trek universe come true. And I think it makes the entry, uh, you know, the the level of entry, the access so much easier for everyone because you don't have a learning curve. You just talk to the computer, right? Yep. We're definitely sliding into this like Trekkie world type thing where everything is voice connected. And like we got voice connected stuff. We've got rollable, flexible displays and things. And like, we never really saw holding it. tabs in our I hands. Know. Yeah. We never, <laughs> we never saw the transition happen, but it's kind of here, which is great. You know, <laughs> it's, it's cool. I'm stoked about it. And this is what I mean by like CS being very much an evolution this year, not an innovation. It's like all this stuff yeah. needed to iterate a few times and it's iterating and we're seeing it iterate in front of our very eyes with a show like CS. So I want you, I don't want the audience, the listeners here to think for a second that I'm like bummed about CS. I think I'm a little bummed that I was, I was wishing it was more exciting than one there was more innovation. But at the same time, I'm looking at it and I'm seeing some really interesting and solid trends coming out of it that needed to happen happen sometimes you move too fast and you need to kind of take that step to improve what you have and i think we're getting to a point now where you know google's clearly you know leading the pack and you know we're seeing some like this this no people are no longer taking camps like sides right it's like they offer a product and it works with everything right, right out of the box yep you know Yep. And and you see that with the new TVs that all have AirPlay. Like and the fact that Apple's cool with that, I think is really great because it's only going to help their ecosystem, you know? Yep. I agree. Definitely. Especially in these hard times uh, with our financials, I think it's just going to help them because services is really the future. No matter how you cut it, they make the great make great hardware and they're going to continue. I have no doubts about that, but at the same time, you can't rest your laurels on just hardware. You really need to be able to innovate right. in services and software. And they've really been good at software, but services has been there. And, you know, um I think they're going to they're going to find a way to make that work for them. Um at least I hope so. Yeah. No, I agree. So, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. my kind of CS takeaway. And then there were robots and there were drones and things, but honestly, yeah, there's none so of that much was, to cover. Yeah. I don't really know where to go. I'm just looking at my Instagram right now to see if there's anything we didn't cover. Um, but no, I think we got almost everything on this list that mattered anyway. Ibo was fun. 
I got to play yeah. with Aibo, the robot dog at the Sony booth. Honestly, oh, yep. it was like, it's amazing. I know it's a robot. I know it's a, the newer version and it's much more lifelike than the previous version. But I was stunned. It was my first time interacting with version two. And I was stunned at how I felt like I was petting a puppy. And you know that emotional effect of petting a puppy? Yep. Stress going down, yep. relaxing, smiling, being happy. All happened. So this thing was able to trigger emotional response to me on in me that was similar to a real dog. That's crazy. And yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And I know I was stressed. It's CS, you know, you're running around with your head cut off all day. You're trying to juggle a million things. So certainly felt like a nice little break to play with Ibo. But yeah, you know, and it's also interesting. Did you see Sony's approach to CS this year? So different, right? There was absolutely like even their press conference didn't mention any of their TVs. Yeah, that is really interesting, actually. Or cameras or phones or anything. Well, they talked about the cinema cameras, but basically they were like, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, audio <laughs> content, uh, you know, Pharrell, uh, all that stuff. They just, they basically, it was content, content, content. Very little hardware, hardware, hardware yeah. at all. I, I mean, I was really surprised because I always miss the Sony press conference because always awkwardly at their booth at LVCC, right when we're in the middle of doing all the stuff in Mandalay Bay. But this year I was like, I'm not going to miss. I'm going to go to the Sony press conference for once. I'm not going to disappoint. I'm going to go because, you know, I always say, invite me and I never show up. It's kind of <laughs> weird. So I went. Yeah. Though, like, I wish I hadn't gone. There was nothing there for me. I was expecting to see some stuff I could take photos of, but at least I got to play with Ibo. So it's not too bad. Yep. And then yeah. they, uh, and then they just announced the new uh, A6. 6400 camera yesterday <laughs> so yeah right right exactly. after and CES. that looks interesting yeah right after cs yeah and then of course there was the impossible burger that kind of stole the show i'm i mean i don't i'm not a big fan of meat yeah like, i will eat some meats but I, I tend to much prefer fish and seafood and so um with hamburgers i'm always very t torn because i'm not a huge fan i love burgers but i don't necessarily like the meat in the burgers so yeah Impossible and the Beyond Burgers, which are the two kind of like super high-end vegetarian burgers that are existing. You know, the, the Impossible today, Burgers have, price have come down though recently. Yeah, they, but they I used like to be them. like seventeen dollars. Now they're only like ten. I know. I like them, and I try to have them as much as I can. But I yeah. was so it was so unexpected for them to do a version two that, by all accounts, tastes even better and more real. And and that it kind of got everybody excited enough that it got like awards and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I doubt so they were funny. expecting that, but it was pretty funny. Yeah, definitely. So, hey, we uh, I have a few news items I want to go over real quick. Uh, they're in our podcast topics. I'm going to bring that up. Um, there is some um, news from Oppo, some news from Vivo. Let me bring that up real quick. So I, I felt like... Um, a lot of rumors right now because we're just pre-MWC, right? Yeah, very close. So before we start, the, the one that's not a rumor, and I haven't mentioned on the podcast at CES, but it happened while we were at CES, Samsung announced that they're launching their next phone. They're, they're doing a, an unpacked event in San Francisco on February 20th. Terrible timing. And, Thank you, Samsung. <laughs> oh my God, it messed everything. <laughs> you know, I can't go. I'm, I live in San Francisco and I cannot go Are because already... I will be in Spain already. And mm -hmm. I looked at changing my flights and it's just cost prohibitive isn't that There's horrible no it's like it. obviously people are going to have booked their flights already like so many people are in the same boat i am actually ping them and ask them if they're doing briefings ahead of time or if they're doing you know like hands-on one-on-one briefings at mwc because i want to get my own video and photo content out of that i don't really ma mind missing the event that much i mean it sucks because it's the first time it's an sf forever mm -hmm. and, and i'm going to be able to go but i know the, the funny time, thing is like, I'm, I'm in new york now i just came for no reason and then they announced this and now it's like 
well, now I have to go back to San Francisco. <laughs> it's right? Like, yeah. Um, Stupid. I kind of hope that they don't give us devices on the spot, though, because I don't want to deal with oh. that at MWC. <laughs> Can you imagine the nightmare this would be? Like, seriously. Well, that's I what happened with the, um, the No 8. They, like, announced it right uh, yeah, before exactly. MWC. The review embargo was during MWC. Jesus. Oh, uh, you mean IFA? Um, was it? I thought it was MWC two years ago. No, are you talking about Galaxy S8 or Note 8? Note 8, two years you ago. That was not an MWC. The Note no, maybe IFA. Oh, IFA then. Yeah, IFA. It's IFA, absolutely. Right, it was that. Yeah, IFA. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I'm talking about. It sucks when they do that. Um, anyway, let's... Uh, I just want to let you know that in case you haven't heard, there's going to be an announcement from Samsung, probably of the Galaxy S10, just before MWC. And I'm not going to be able to be there, but I will report on it on the podcast as soon as I can afterwards. Yeah. Um, let's talk about cat phones, uh, the rugged phones. Uh-huh. I wanted to mention to the audience that I don't think they know this. I did an unboxing video of the S61 when it came out in the fall. Uh-huh. And it was during talk, uh, Techtober phone apocalypse. So I didn't really have much time to spend with it. I have since then used the phone. And it's kind of their flagship um, rugged phone. And what makes it different, just like its predecessor, the S60, which I also reviewed and I have a review video on my po- on my YouTube for that one. Yep. The 61 has the FLIR uh, night, uh, no, sorry, uh, infrared thermal camera yep. uh, system built in. And it has cool features like a laser tape measure. So like it has a laser beam that you can shine at a surface and gives you the distance. And, you know, it's a rugged phone that has all the trimmings, mid-range, uh, really nice, definitely indestructible. So I just wanted to just mention it here because the folks at Cat were like, hey, we haven't seen your review. And I want to say, you know, I enjoyed it. It's a good phone. If you want a rugged phone, it's it's pricey. It's about $1,000 because it's got all this flair and all these specs. But if you want like the ultimate toolbox phone in your pocket that's indestructible, Cat still is the rule of the roost and yeah. so i'm bringing this up because they launched a new phone at at ces called the s48c which is the first cat phone on verizon yes you got to do hands-on so I did. tell us about it so that was the big the big news is that was on verizon um the funny thing is there was no embargo for the device but there was an embargo for the verizon announcement <laughs> so i ended up just waiting and putting out the hands-on until the announcement um I was underwhelmed, and this is from someone who's used two cat phones before, Uh, and the reason is because they played it very safe, and they didn't put anything special in this phone. So, like, obviously it's got, like, you know, the it's got the ruggedized everything, it's, like, military spec and whatever. Right. But but every... You expect that. Yeah, you expect that. That's normal. But every other cat phone has had something exciting, like a heat, like a flare heat camera in it, or, like, a laser-guided something... This has literally nothing, um, and the weird thing. But it's is, a mid, and it's a mid-range phone, and it's probably going to cost a little more because of the ruggedization. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, I think it's running a Snapdragon six hundred and sixty, uh, and it is going to cost like six hundred dollars, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, I and uh, and they're not selling. They're not showing it off at Verizon stores either, which is the other annoying thing. Sprint is going to have it in their store. Um, but who uses Sprint? And then also, yeah, if you want it from Verizon, you have to go on catphones.com to get it. So the whole thing was just uh, kind of like, it's expensive. It doesn't have any of the like, holy crap, this is an, this is an actual tool, right? Like when we had like the right. inf- infrared cameras and like, you know, laser guided stuff, it was like, this is actually a tool and I could see contractors actually wanting to use this. But now it's like, my dad's a contractor and he 
you know, he's, he uses a one plus six. <laughs> it's not yeah. a huge deal. It's a hard sell because you can get a really rugged phone for a regular phone that costs less money and has better specs, right? Yeah. Now, the ruggedness is not just about putting a case on a phone. I realize that mil spec is a whole different ballgame. Oh, yeah. We're talking about driving over the thing with like a you know, excavator, okay? And it'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be dug into the mud. You'll have to like retrieve it from a deep hole. But the point is it'll probably survive, which is crazy. And I don't think your OnePlus 16, even the best case will survive that. Yeah. But the, the reality is that it's it's such a fringe case scenario that I think most contractors, unless you're working at a construction site outdoors in the worst weather and the ex- most extreme temperatures and drop your phone like high, from really, really high up on a regular basis, I think most people, like contractors who like do home renovation or whatever, well, probably fine with a ruggedized version through a third party case of a OnePlus or something, right? Yeah. Yep. So that's my also, also my gripe. Like, don't get me wrong. I think the phone is really cool. Like, I'm talking about the S61, you're talking about the S648C, but if you look spec wise, the 61 has all the cool features like the FLIR camera, infrared camera, and the laser measure and whatever. But, you know, it's got a Snapdragon 630, so it's a mid range phone. In terms of, all the cat phones have been pretty mid to low range in terms of specs, right? Traditionally, like the 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 thirty series is pretty low end, um, but the sixty series is always mid range. Um, but the costs are insane, right? Six hundred bucks for the forty eight C, a thousand almost for the sixty one. You know, uh, it's it's tough sell. And you know, the other thing that drives me nuts, I've, I've given them their feedback, multiply them, they keep pushing back on it. Is that I say, you know, you have no fingerprint readers on your phones. Yep. And they're like, well, but because people are wearing them, we're using them wearing gloves and stuff. And I'm like, I get it. But like some people will want to occasionally use the phone without their gloves on and will want a fingerprint reader to do f- like things like um, Android Pay in their break, you know? Yep. And, and, and why don't you just put one on there? Even if it doesn't get used much, it's there. Like, yep. it's like, doesn't preclude Face ID, which you could implement, which I'm sure they have on some of the models. But it's like, I just don't understand it. You know, it's it's a little weird to me that that I think they could do a better job in terms of specs for the prices they're charging. And, you know, include things like a fingerprint reader. If, if that thing was $1,000, the 61, or 600 for the 48C, and had like a Snapdragon... 700 series in it or 800 and had like you know a better camera and you know the displays have gotten better and the the old cat phones had crappy displays but this is getting is getting better now yeah and had like you know a fingerprint reader i, I i'd be kind of like okay you know like i can kind of see you're charging a premium so phone, aka the spec samsung active line <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly when you get into samsung galaxy active right yep. uh range of phones s9 s8 active um and that's tough to compete with those because they're pretty rugged too right do they make did but they look, make I an s9 active cat. did they did they i thought they i did. thought they stopped after the s8 but i might be wrong maybe the s8 active is the last one you're right um you you can tell us in the in the show in the comments folks yeah <laughs> uh, i don't want to google it right now but look i just want to see like there is a market for rugged phones that are mil spec that are like designed from scratch to be rugged. And yeah. I appreciate that and I applaud Cap for taking that on. I just wish we'd get a little more for the money. Yeah. And, same. And it, it feels like they're not trying hard enough, as you said. Like it just kind of very meh. And I know we come from reviewing flagships and stuff all the time, but I have a feeling that Verizon pressured them to make it more of a um 
you know, nothing too out of the box, you know, because they, they went from, you know, having like laser guided stuff and like, you know, uh, infrared camera stuff to offering nothing special. And I, I have a feeling that Verizon was like, we need to make this appeal to a wider market. And so we're just going to have it be ultra rugged and that's kind of it. Um, but you know, I reviewed the Cat S41 last year, which is its yeah, predecessor. Yeah, I also reviewed that 48. phone. Yeah. And honestly, it's the same thing. The same thing applies. It's just meh all across the board. Yep. Right? There's nothing that stands out. In fact, it has a MediaTek chip, a Helio P20, nothing to write home about at all. Yeah. And it's still a like 450 euro phone. I right? know. Yeah. Yeah, true. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, I mean, it, that came out in September 2017. So you got to put it in perspective, right? It, it's kind of like, it's got its... Like what was know, pricing time, like back year, there or whatever. It's a year and a half old, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, battery life was the big deal with the S41. It had, oh, yeah. It, Five, it had a 5,000. Oh, here's the other thing. It had yeah, a 5,000 5, million power battery. This one has a, what, 3,000 or 4,000. Like, why'd you go down? <laughs> like, why? Uh, yeah. The, uh, so the S61 has, let's see, it has, it's, it's, a, it's a smaller cap. It's 4,500. It's yeah, not bad, right? It's, yeah. So... 4500 is still pretty acceptable. But anyway, look, let's move on. I got a, the reason I brought that up is because I wanted to, you know, let the folks know at Cat that yes, I've played with the phone and here's some of my, my feedback. Um, but secondly, that um, strangely enough, there's an S90 phone, unrelated, not Cat, but Do Doogie, is that how you say it? Doogie. Doogie, I think. Chinese company. Doogie. Yeah. Doogie. Doogie Hauser. Uh, I did, I'm dating myself, I know, uh, has <laughs> a rugged modular phone and I will put a show, a link in the show notes, TechCrunch reported on that. Looks interesting, has a, has a night vision camera, like not infrared, but like, you know, the, the green, yeah. green monocle thing that military use. It has right. one of those as a module. It's modular and it's rugged. It's really interesting. Um, it's cool. Actually, it looks spec-wise more interesting than the cat phones. It looks as rugged, has the mil spec stuff, but... It has like a, a notch screen on it. So obviously they're trying to maximize screen real estate, even though it still has a lot of bezel to protect the phone from shock. Uh -huh. It looks cool. I, th I thought it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's got the um, attachments, kind of like the uh, Motorola attachments that you get, the mods. The mods, yeah. yeah. It's similar it to has, that. Interestingly enough, it has that weird little contact uh, array at the bottom of the phone. Yeah. Which is interesting for a rugged phone because that's going to corrode, <laughs> I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, related to that, uh, there's a bunch of uh, kind of, um, not related, but kind of, you know, speaking of Chinese phone makers, there is a bunch of rumors. Um, there's rumors of, of well, not rumors. We know that Vivo is launching a phone on January 24th. Um, and it's supposed to be called the water drop phone. Basically, it's supposed to have no seams that are visible. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I, I saw, uh, I looked at that and it looked very interesting. I actually contacted Vivo this morning to see if, they would comment on it. Uh, haven't gotten a response back because it's China time right now, but uh, or it's yeah, late in we'll China. We'll find out. But yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Some people I'm sure are going to get invited and, and I'm looking forward to see what they come up with. I mean, this is the thing that I'm finding exciting right now. We're seeing some interesting form factors and variations on things. Things are less boring in many ways. A lot of people are saying, you know, phones have kind of reached the, the peak, right? We're at peak phone. Uh, Apple's not making any more money making phones. This must be the end, right? And I'm like, no, yeah, no, no, not at all. Like, look at the form factors. Look at, you know, the, the, the Honor View 20. Yeah. That's a great looking phone for the money. 
and and I think this Vivo, I'm 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 looking forward to this Vivo water drop phone, whatever it brings to the table. And you know, relate to that, Oppo has rumors of a ten times zoom phone coming out. So as uh, a, a phone with a ten times optical zoom lens. Uh, probably in addition to a bunch of other lenses, which is a pretty fashionable thing to do these days. But you know, we've done, we've we've seen two times optical telephoto, three times optical telephoto, like on the May twenty Pro, P twenty Pro, and then you know, we've even some five times zooms. I think there's a couple of phones out there with that as a second lens. Yep. And now they're going ten times. I hope they have something between the ten times and the wide angle, right? Because that's quite a jump. I have a feeling that it's not going to be true ten times, and it's probably going to be like either five or Hybrid. eight and then i'll be like ai because <laughs> that's yeah, what totally. most people do to get those that and extra that so. works out okay you know yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely and uh, let's see what else we've got oh and then there's a t- this morning i just looked i opened my feeds and sound found uh, that uh for the nth time i want to say this is not a new rumor we've heard this rumor for a while but this seems to be a little more substantiated now because the verge is reporting on it uh, there's a rumors of Moto or Lenovo making a Moto Razor. Oh yeah, I uh, saw that this morning. Yeah, and it's back. supposed to be $1,500. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a luxury item to compete with the Samsung W series, which as you know, is a dual screen um, clamp, clamshell, like full, um, flip phone that's Android based. You know, it's high end. When I was in Japan, China. When I was in Japan, those are everywhere. <laughs> so, they're everywhere and in, so, chi- in, in china they love them too like they're like that w series is like a two thousand dollar phone it's super blingy um but it's android which is cool yeah right yeah 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 I, I mean i actually think that if they do this they should do it without instead of a numpad on the bottom half you know unless they're making this phone for the chinese market but this is this is, the rumor here is that verizon is is on board with this so that to me means it's a u.s launch and and nobody wants a numpad on the second half of their phone in 2019 right? Yeah. I could be wrong. But if that other half is also a touchscreen, you know? Yeah. So basically a dual, a, 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 a portrait clamshell flip phone with two touchscreens on the, on the inside. That would be re- Android, of course. That'd be really cool. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be sweet. And of course it'd be expensive because, you know, they're trying to position it as such, but whatever. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. We'll keep you posted. Yeah. Excited ah. about that one. Ah, uh, Samsung Galaxy S10 launch on February 20th uh, in San Francisco. I'm so bummed I can't go. And, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are in the same boat. I'm really hoping they come back to us and say, hey, we're going to do some briefings or something. I've I'm going to have to leave concern. for Barcelona like the next morning. <laughs> so, or, wow. or like later that night. I don't know. I haven't booked my Barcelona ticket yet which is convenient. Yeah, but. I did a while ago. Um, and that's the problem. You know, it's, I, I picked the cheapest flight I could and you know how it goes. Then it's the refundable stuff is not really refundable. Or yeah. changeable, at least unless you want to really screw yourself over. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. But hey, that's life. Um, listen, we should wrap it up. I think uh, we've covered most of the corners. Yep. Uh, wouldn't you say? Uh, do you want to spend a few seconds telling the audience where they can find you and where you write and all your handles and stuff? Sure. Um, I write currently for a website called Android Authority. Um, I do a lot of our YouTube stuff on there. And then I also do, I'm like, I do like all of our hands-ons and most of the reviews. Um, so yeah, you can find me there. My handle for Twitter is DervidML, D-U-R-V-I-D-I-M-E-L. And I'm very active on Twitter. That's like probably my most used social media platform. Uh, I've also been leaning into a lot of photography and I'm trying to up, like 
do more on Instagram. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, uh, it's just my name, David Amel, D-A-V-I-D-I-M-E-L. And those are pretty much the only social platforms that I use, um, unless you want to find me on Slack or something. But <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that's not good. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yep, there you go. Cool. And you know where to find me, folks. I'm at Tankerl on Twitter and Instagram. That's T-N-K-G-R-L, like the comic book character Tankerl, without the vowels. And of course, I have a YouTube channel that matches this podcast. It's called the Mobile Tech Podcast Channel. And it's at youtube.com slash Miriam my full name spelled out. I didn't want to change the URL so uh, because I kind of rebranded the channel at the end of last year. Uh, but go find some videos that match the um, the news we talked about here. Um, I'm going to have an unboxing video of the Honor the View 20 very shortly. So that'll be something to look forward to. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, subscribe to the channel and like the videos if you do. And then more importantly, subscribe to this podcast. If you stumbled upon this podcast by accident because you follow Dave or something, um, you know, please subscribe, mobiletechpodcast.com. There's an RSS feed there, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, uh, and TuneIn Radio even. So check it out. And uh, yeah, also, also, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Audible. Audible.com is where it's at for audiobooks. If you like to listen to your books instead of uh, read them, as it were, uh, that's the place to go. Uh, Audible.com has a lot of selection. And if you want to support the podcast, you can get a free month of Audible.com by clicking in the link in the show notes below. Uh, and of course, uh, I will give you that as well. It's audibletrial.com slash mobiletech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobiletech. So yes, yeah, support us by supporting Audible if you're not already a customer. And uh, especially if you uh, have a job or something that prevents you from reading books, but you can listen to them while you're commuting or something, that's the place to go. So thanks again for being on the show, David. Pleasure yeah. as, you, as always. Yep. Thank you for having me on. I always enjoy it. I think this is like my third or fourth time doing this with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. So, yep. So uh, let's have you on again soon. And uh, in the meantime, stay tuned for another show next week, everybody. Cheers. See you later. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.